Let's get started. I'm Joe. I'm Brian, and we are Where's the Rulebook Podcast. We're going to bring you a weekly board game podcast for your lunch break, daily commute, or any other time of the day. For season two, we are changing the format. Instead of focusing on one game and going over the rules to play it, we will have a theme or specific game. We'll discuss our opinions, any cool features, some rulings, and any other thoughts that may come up. And because of popular demand throughout last season, we're going to start ranking the games that we talk about. But we have created a custom scale. We didn't want to do a 1 to 10 or anything. So we have our highest being leave it on the table to the lowest being a hard pass. But we'll go over all five options uh, every week we talk about them. For our second episode on the Halloween special, we are going to be exploring a haunted house from the safety of our house. We're going to be playing Portrayal on House on the Hill. And for us, we're actually going to be looking at all of them because really the game hasn't changed throughout the third edition. However, the third edition added, I think one thing that I have really liked is it tells us why we're going to this haunted house. So in all the previous editions, you are just a random team of people exploring this haunted house. Eventually a haunt happens and then that's how the end game can trigger and you do whatever it tells you to. But no one ever told us why these random children and like, priests were going to this house together but in the third edition they added the scenario cards that you pick beforehand and you can pick that you go into this house because for sale or whatever and then that is actually doesn't it doesn't affect the game at all other than that when the haunt starts you flip that scenario over and that tells you what haunt to use i mean aesthetically it's way better other than the meeples for some reason they went solid gray on them in the third edition before they used to be solid a single color like a red or a yellow they were fully uh painted miniatures addition to second edition they were fully painted first they were solid color and then third now they're just gray which is weird but i mean they probably cut costs and increased in other places and they realized they don't need a colored miniature when you'd rather have better art yeah the and the player board, like the little player dial, this is like the so biggest much better. Improvement. The little daggers actually stay on the board if you, so you don't have to like move it. And doesn't rip the, the <laughs> doesn't board. rip the cardboard. Doesn't increasing all the cast. daggers don't fall off when you pick up your your thing to look at your birthday <laughs> of your character. So they fixed a lot of the little things, but like we said, the gameplay hasn't changed in any of them. And First to third gameplay is exactly the same. Same how same rooms. Same haunts, same events. And this is not a new game. No. This game came well, out in 2004. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a long time. That's a long time ago. And they have one expansion. It's And it came out a couple of years ago. Yeah, fairly recently. Uh, Widow's Wid- Widow's Walk. Widow's, Widow's Walk. Yeah. Which I thought it was weird that the third edition didn't include it. Because like, the third edition just came out in 2022. So it's weird that it didn't include the expansion. I feel like once expansions are out for a few years, games kind of just include it when you buy like a new edition. But so we can talk about the expansion and the differences later and why it matters. And at the same time is kind of weird. Yeah. But especially some of the additions it added. I, I think it's a cool addition. I just think it's weird that it didn't come with the brand new edition of the game. I think it had been too much. 50 new haunts. Yeah, but you don't see that. You only see one haunt every time you play it. Exactly. The game has 50 to start. It has more than that, doesn't it? It's like, it 50. I thought it was more. I thought it was like 90 or something. No, it's 50. Oh, still. I mean, then you're talking like you have 100. 
But that doesn't affect the gameplay. It doesn't, but just affects what page you flip to in the rule book when I the haunt starts. But it's not like the expansion's breaking the bank. No, it's 20, super cheap. Twenty, 20 bucks. bucks. Yeah. Which is a great deal for especially if you've played this a handful of times or even if you play it every year, a one in fifty chance that you might get the same haunt, but this might be the first game we reviewed that you can literally buy at any grocery store. I mean, you walk into a Walmart. Yeah. Um, or if you're in the Midwest, like a Meyer, Meyer, Target, Target, they all have them. You're going to see this nearly at every one. It's very popular and it's rated pretty well for the age. It's hard to know because on, on Board Game Geek, they have each edition as a separate game. Yeah. So like, the newest one has the highest ratings, but it's really the same game as the first edition. Just it looks prettier. But they none of them but, go under. They're yeah, all still solid. Mid sevens on all of them. Like that's pretty good for a game from two thousand four. But if you're looking for like a good Scooby Doo adventure, this is it. It's a. It does feel a little too random for me. For the fact that like, I. For the same parts I like it and the same parts I have some issues like you don't know who the trader is going to be which is like kind of cool but at the same time like sometimes it's nice just to like pick the person at the table who's going to be the trader because they're maybe more experienced at it or something like that like there are other games that do it better like um Mysterium yeah well, it's not really a traitor, but a ghost. Yeah, you pick that ghost. So, like, someone who's, like, excited about being that person. Or has done it before. Yeah. Not that the traitor is hard, but, like, the traitor, if you're playing with, I mean, it's playable from three to six players. And so, once the traitor happens and once the haunt goes, there's only one traitor. So, it's potentially one versus five at that point. And so, if that one player isn't a super confident player... Not that it's like difficult to do, but it definitely is. You're on your own, though. You're on your own. Like you kind of have to. No one's like, gonna help you. Yeah, exactly. So like, I feel like that part. Like, I guess you could always just change it, like house rules, being like, oh, like I'll be the trader, because it really doesn't matter. I don't think, I mean, other than maybe you might have to give the omen card or something to them, but for the most part, you it wouldn't matter if you switched places with someone. But but let's talk about the game as a whole game first it's uh it's very unique it is it's a tile placing game exploring i mean what else can you say about that it, yeah it, you roll dice that don't really matter except for kind of like your uh scenarios that say oh if you get this amount of dice but the whole gameplay is essentially you explore rooms and do you experience the haunt or do you find stuff that helps you out or do you build stats that make you better when it is haunted? Yeah. So let's talk about the players. So like at first you just pick a color usually is how I've always done it. Each player has a color and then each player board has two sides. So once you get it, you get to look and kind of pick what side you want to be. They don't really affect. I mean, it tells you where you start on like, so each character has speed, which is how far they're able to move, might, knowledge sanity think dungeons and dragons you have to make sanity rolls to see if you're going crazy in this haunted house so like each character has different numbers as they start but for the most part they're all pretty balanced to start i would think you might be faster but you're weaker or maybe you're stronger but slower or something like that maybe you're more you're like you're smarter 
but you don't do well with scary things, so your sanity is lower or something like that. But so you pick your, your character color, and then you pick what side of the character you want to be. You all start in the foyer, I guess, like the, the big, the th- only three tile piece that's on the board that has like the entrance hall. So it's the front door. You're all starting right there. And I actually forgot the rule and you had to remind me um, of who goes first, which I think is super clever. But what was who goes first again on this one? So in this game, everyone, uh, like Brian said, has a bunch of stats on their sheet, but they've also got their name, age, birthday, and things like hobbies and whatnot. Do the hobbies ever come into play? I don't recall. I don't think they do. I think it's just a fun little anecdote. Yeah. Like how the football player likes poetry. Like this one says uh, this kid has an arcade high score, but this other one said he this kid solved zero cases. <laughs> His hobbies are mysteries. <laughs> nice. But the, the one I'm holding is a little girl. She's 11. She's into depressing music and blogging. It's accurate. So uh, this kid, his birthday is October 4th. March 30th is the one I'm holding. So how the game works is the birthday that's closest that's coming up. Yeah. So actually. Price is right rules. Price is right rules is it'd be you. It'd be me because October 4th has happened. Yep. <laughs> I think that is amazing. It's such a cool. I mean, it you changes. don't need their ages. You don't need their birthdays. You don't need hobbies. You don't need animal friends or any of these feet, like little stats they give you on all these people. You might. I don't, I don't know. I don't sure. think that you do anywhere. I think it's really cool. It just adds a little bit of backstory, it's but fun. like not super needed. You don't have to like play as that person or anything. Like you're not taking it gets you into the character. Yeah. But it's really cool that they have like the birthday there and then it's like whoever's next birthday goes first. But like we mentioned, this one, the third edition comes with the scenario cards. Which is always the question that people have asked is like, why are there six people going to this haunted house to explore it for no reason? When it's haunted. Well, yeah. Everyone, it's like it's clearly a haunted it's, it's portrayal, so it's also you know something bad's gonna happen. The house on the hills. Like you know it's a bad house. Like why are these children and like adults going to this house together? Unrelated to like Yeah, they're not family members or anything that we know of. It doesn't say cousins or anything. I mean they could be at some relation, but why is like this this 11-year-old boy and this 9-year-old girl going to this haunted house with this adult. Yeah. <laughs> but so the third edition and the included... football player. Yeah, yeah, the football player, a priest, and some, like, news reporter or whatever. The third edition included the scenario card, which also don't really matter, though a lot like the stats on the player. It's just like... And as a group, you decide what is bringing this group to the house. Is it... A strange disappearance or is it that the house is for sale um stuff like that so or is it because it's cursed and that's why we're going here and there's a little like oh the old house is real fixer-upper but the price is right just a little backstory of why the house is for sale and then you just decide which one you're doing which is why all these different people are coming to the house not a needed fix not a huge fix by any means but a nice little addition to know why just a little backstory that I enjoy. Once everyone has their player and is on the board and the person who's going first has been figured out, the game is pretty straightforward. Yeah. You check your speed in the beginning of your turn. So in this case, I would, would be the first player. So I would check my speed, which is four, and I can move up to four places. 
and there's only three to start the game so or you can explore a new room which is what you would end up doing do you have to move all four no no you don't have if to If you explore a room is it well yes but like could i technically just move one and not do anything i would assume so i don't know why you would but i guess if you don't want to get an omen or something but towards the middle game but but yeah you move your speed so i can move into any of these rooms and as long as there's a door on the tile which they all have at least one um i think they all probably have at least two you can explore and by that way you just move into that open space and there's a huge tile stack of this of similar sized squares and you just grab the top one flip it over you put it where you're going to move into and that's the room that you explored on the back of the cards it has a kind of just a generic house looking picture with lights for wit where this room can exist so either upper or ground or in the basement or ground some of them are just single rooms some are upper or basement and some are you know can be in all three and so if you do if the top one isn't one that you can put down because let's say it's a basement room we haven't been in the basement yet you just put it in the bottom of the stack and you grab the first one that is available gotcha and so then you flip it over and it just tells you what to do there's three things that's going to be on it that matter It'll be a picture. It'll be an icon of a crow. An icon of a little swirl. Kind of depicts like a sanity symbol. And then an icon of a skull of a bull. And these icons de depict what cards you draw yeah. from the decks. Either an event, which is a swirl, the item, or an omen. And when you draw them, you just do what it says. Yep. So events can, and they all can be good. They all, they all have, well, I don't know if they all do. They don't all have good or bad, yeah. but uh, I would say a lot of them, uh, the events especially have good or bad. You roll based on something. So if you draw an event and the event says, uh, hey, make a knowledge roll, this is where your stats come into play. They all have a little, they all have a little side story, which I like a lot. Yeah. So like, oh, it's not just do this. It's like. Oh no, you found a secret passage. Yeah. And what's going to happen? Are you going to go down it or oops, you hear a sound and then you roll dice depending on your your knowledge. In this case, it could be speed, it could be might, but if my knowledge is uh 5 It's weird. This has 5 twice on it. Yeah, they all do. Well, not all of them. They all they don't go up everyone. I know. I just threw me off when I was looking at this one. So, in this case, I would roll five dice for five knowledge and then depending on the outcome depends on what i do yeah and, and you there's always follow the card yeah there's some good and some bad throughout them some of them are moving to a new place some are you know just you might gain knowledge or gain sanity and then you just move your little dagger up on your player board to the next number like joe just realized some of them have multiple of the same so yep. even though if you're on a five you just move to the next one up the little list so you might not go to six yet or whatever but and there's i think there's seven actually there must be yeah there's eight dice because eight's the highest you can get to and so you just roll the dice as you're supposed to and you might gain some things you might lose some things um on the on the events and then the items are just items some of them are creepy and scary like a creepy doll that you carry around with you a necklace of teeth and they all tell you what to do. It's like, 
the Nexus team, most of them aren't even human, which, I mean, at least some of them aren't human, right? <laughs> at the end of your turn, you may gain one in a critical trait of your choice. So I wear this necklace. It's creepy. Well, and you get to keep it. I get to keep it. I can trade it to you if we're in the same room. Um, and then by just gain one every turn. But but the items also will tie together. So there probably are some in here that will say like, oh, if you also have the necklace, the teeth of necklace, you now you're going to get hurt more or something. So they're, they're, they do tie together sometimes like that too. But they're just kind of fun little items that you carry around. There's no limit that you can carry, but you can pass them around to other people if you need to. They're, for the most part, I think the items are all good because omens are where kind of like the negative items the uh, yeah. omens are all like a cursed camera yeah or I mean, they're omens they're <laughs> omens and um those are where the again you follow and do what it says uh whether it's moving a tile adding another result but omens are where the next part of this game comes into play, yep. which is the haunt. Yeah, you do keep the omens just like you keep items. And some of them aren't, like, I just drew one that's the mask, and I gain one. I gain one to my speed roll. So, like, it's not a bad thing, but, like, there's there's negative things on the card also. But, but yeah, so you do keep all the omen cards, like we, like we mentioned. And then whenever you draw an omen card, you're making what they refer to as a haunt roll. And so you count up all the omens on the table and you roll that many dice so if there's only one you roll one dice and if yep. you get five or more the haunt starts which the dice stop at two so it's impossible to get one until you have at least three omens and then even then it's unlikely because there's a bunch of blanks and there's ones on the dice but it's possible and then the haunt starts if you roll five or more if yep. you don't that's the next player player's turn and you just continue around until the haunt has started and always follow the events can make you become the traitor that triggered the haunt yes the scenario or the omen always follow what it says it's not always the person who triggered it yeah the person that triggers it isn't always the actual traitor sometimes there's no traitor and you guys are all are together trying to get out so yeah if the event is triggering triggering the haunt or if the omen triggers it it tells you what you're doing the event will tell you like the person who just did this event may become the traitor or whatever for the omen roll for the haunt roll you at that point if you do roll five or more you flip over that scenario that we started with and on the back of it it tells you you looks for your omen card and it says you find the omens okay i just i got the dog the haunt we're going to do is number four and there's no traitor which just happened to be you know no traitor and that dog card is the omen that was last drawn when you made the haunt roll and so you might have you know the holy symbol or the mask or whatever omen card it is and the haunt number changes for everyone if there is a traitor it tells you the person that reveals the haunt is the traitor it's a free-for-all no traitor left of the haunt revealer is the traitor so like it changed like it's it can be anyone which is the part that i was kind of hinting at in the beginning that it's a little weird that i just can't help to like guarantee who is that person 
because we're all working together until the end and then we're not working together anymore which makes sense as a traitor but a, a part of me likes that i like it but i also dislike it like i i don't know what i don't want them to change it i i get it because there's less strategy you just if you'd think if you were the traitor from the beginning you'd be working towards a goal not trying so hard yeah but all of a sudden uh something flips and all of a sudden you're on the traitor now everything that i was doing and all my items and everything oh no I'm, I'm i was actually a bad guy the whole time yeah it's like they don't even know that they were the bad guy which i mean it's still fine as long as you're playing with a group of similar skilled or not even skilled like you don't have to be a good board game player just have to be all at the same level of wanting to play it if you have the one person that you know isn't super into it and they're the one that got the traitor like it could really deter them from wanting to play you know yeah. maybe on another night or something because they didn't want to be the one versus all kind of person because it's a really good cooperative game and a, and a part of me likes the fact that the traitor it is, is a random. really weird because i do like it i i think it's the best way a traitor could happen because like if everyone knows that I'm the trader in the beginning, like you're not gonna trade me items, the, stuff like that. Because like, why would you trade the item to the person that's gonna be the trader at some point? There are other games that I think do it very well too. So like, a game that we will talk about in the future, Dead of Winter, has the possibility of a trader. Yeah. But it's done randomly at the start, and you don't know if there is a trader or not. So you're all working together, but you're still on edge. Which is something I think that this game would have been fun with is if there maybe was a traitor, but yeah. we didn't know until it was revealed. And I guess there are, like on this one card, there happens to be a free-for-all and a no traitor and everything else is a traitor. So like there's most likely going to be a traitor, but there there is still a chance that there isn't one. It's It doesn't bother me so much. I think that if you have a new team, a new group, then maybe you just take over as a trader when it happens just to kind of give them the idea but i think i mean that that can like we said that could be done you could just like switch places with them maybe give them the omen if it mattered like the dog does stuff for you so like that person would need to have the dog but you also could i think the last time we did it is we just put two people as the trader mm. we let them play like together as one person like almost yeah so we had like a helper if you had enough people yeah we were playing we were playing with six at the time that makes sense and so there was i think there was three of us who played this a bunch and then there was three that were brand new and so we just had one of the three that were that's played it a bunch join up and they controlled the same person and the other person just kind of left the board which isn't in the rule book or anything yeah, but it just kind of it made it more fun for the whole table i think because what happens when the haunt happens so you know what number like the one that we said if the dog triggered it on the for sale it's number four let's say it wasn't the dog let's, let's yeah let's, let's not say the dog so let's say the skull triggered it okay we're gonna read haunt number 22 and the trader is the person to the left of the haunt revealer so so let's say you revealed it and i'm the trader i actually have to leave the room yep with, with the trader tome yeah you take a book to a different room yeah um, and we all sit, the non-traders, all sit in <laughs> the same room and we read. So we each get a book. I think it's cool. The Secret of Survival is the one that we read. And it looks like one of those old school notebooks that yep. you see, like the black and white. I don't even know. I'm sure it has a pattern name. Compound? Compact? I don't know. It's the one you saw on like 
13 reasons why like <laughs> you go to any store it's one that costs like 50 cents yeah i remember having them as like that i remember They're having cheap. them as kids as my my notebook but that's what it looks like and so you flip you flip to whatever the haunt number was and it tells you to read this first don't read this do this and that's where it gets to be a little difficult for the trader if they're not they have to read through this whole thing and try to figure out what because sometimes it's not super clear like it always tells you what you're doing but at the same time it's not like to win you must do xyz like sometimes you have to like really make sure you're figuring out exactly what's happening and you sit there and you read it and there's also potentially some setup um so you might you know move a round track you potentially are moving into the same room all the people that aren't traders are going to be together and the reason that you go into separate rooms is we both have separate win conditions and the other one doesn't know what their win condition is which is really kind of cool because like it's not just get back to the door and run home we may have to go through and collect you know x number of items and then you win as a trade as a survivor because we got four rings or whatever it might have been the trader doesn't know what we're doing and the tra and we don't know how the trader wins we just know that they're bad and they're against us and that's what makes us really really interesting is the fact that since the trader myself would have to leave the room and read my own backstory because i have to read my trader backstory like well, how did this all happen my own setup because i get in this case monsters and then i have my own objective as brian said and i even have my own restrictions to me that he doesn't even know about for instance in this uh trader operation it says i can't leave the laboratory until hero has made it to the ground floor he would uh, know that yeah i would just be hanging out moving skeletons around and <laughs> He'd be like, okay, and then his could be like, get out, and as soon as a hero made it to the ground floor, then I start. Then rushing. you can start doing stuff, and they would know. It, it's those kinds of interactions. Which it does. Was that is that actually the one you're supposed to read? I'm just curious. Not that we're trying to spoil anything too much, but is that 22? Yeah. Okay, so if my 22 for me to win is for us all to escape the house. I just I guess. I so guess. yeah, we do <laughs> have to get to that ground levels because we can't jump out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if it, the house was haunted and there was a traitor in there trying to kill me with skeletons, I would for sure jump out of a second level window. <laughs> and my objective is just to kill all the heroes. Yeah. So only when all of the heroes are dead do I win. But yeah, it tells me how to win. It tells me the tokens that we need because there's there's going to be Cold War zombies on the map. And then there's a little another part that says if you win. And you read that only if you win. And then we also, and this one, you also have some, you know, some additional items. Like once during a turn, you may study the floor plan. If you have a skull, you make a knowledge roll and you actually are able to return items back to the stack and stuff. So I'm actually like changing the house a little bit. The haunts are really cool. I mean, that's what makes the game. There's 50 of them. There, that's a lot. There's so many. I don't think I've ever seen the same one twice. I haven't played this 50 times. That's to be fair. <laughs> but I i mean, I've played it a decent amount and we've definitely have never seen the same one twice. The scenario cards help that also now because before it was every yeah. omen, every yeah. everything did it. So it didn't matter. Well, that's what I was saying is I like the little cheat sheets in the back of the scenario. Yeah, because yeah. now it's not in the rule. Before it was the rule book, you'd flip yeah. it open to what, what omen it was. 
and then it would tell you what haunt to go it's and It's a nice read. change of pace. It, it's really, I like that it's all here. Yeah. There's no, like, you have to go back and forth. It's just right in front of you. I mean, I think this game is really fun. But there's one flaw, and that's the same problem I have with Mysterium. This game is great with more people. With three people, I, I argue that it wouldn't be as fun. Yeah, I don't know if I've played it with less than four. I don't. I played it with five. It was great. I don't think I've ever played with three or four people. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I played it with four. Actually, I'm like positive I played with four, but I don't think I've ever played with three. But it could be. I think, unlike a lot of the other games, when they have big player range, I mean, not even that it's only a three player difference, but when they have the, the differences of, you know, three to six players, I think it would really depend on the group. Because I think the three people just all have to be like at the same level of, you know, commitment. And I think it would be just, it could be just as fun. I don't think it's getting less fun, but I, I would agree that with more people, it's probably better. And I mean, Board Game Geek even says with five people, it's the best. I, I think that's only because of the traitor tome. Yeah. Because if you're the traitor, you often have an advantage uh, to an extent, to an extent. Yeah. And because you don't get, you get to keep your person, but you often get like helpers. If you're fighting with two other heroes, you're at a huge disadvantage if I get to summon like four skeletons. Yeah. But if there's five, it's more fair. And there's no, as far as I can tell, there's no adjustment for the number of players. Yeah, I don't think that there is for like for the haunt itself. I mean, it does make the haunt probably take longer to happen because yeah. there's only three people. You, I mean, you still have to collect that many omens and then someone has to roll five. So even though... So even if there are, there's eight omens on the table, when that person rolls eight dice, it's a there's I mean there's still a chance that the haunt doesn't start yet. Oh, it looks like there are. So just flipping through the tome for some of them, uh, there are scenario there are cases where it tells you like, if there's like less than they say like if you set the track to this many depending on our players, right? Oh, okay. So like if you have three players, it's six, but if you have six players, it's two. Um, and I guess the same thing's true for this. So I actually get bonus zombies the more players we had. Makes sense. If we had five or six players, I get to summon a zombie in the basement landing at the end of every my turn. Cold War zombies are just hanging out in the basement landing. <laughs> they can hang out and do whatever they want. Which is funny because like... If you fall down there. Well, so in my my setup is I shuffle all basement tiles, including the basement landing, back into the stack. Whoa. And so, like, I have no idea why I'm doing that, but like, I I just shuffle like the basement goes away, and then you have the ability to you know study the floor plan. But like, I don't know why I'm doing this. so. The basement landing is actually where all the skeletons are going. Oh, well, the skeletons are going, so it might move because mine. I know I'm trying to escape. You might fall down there. And so I think I might put the basement landing, you know, in a spot that's more centrally located for me to escape potentially, but that's where all the skeletons, but I have no idea that's happening, which is kind of funny. So at least it's taken into an account, at least for the number of players. I still think that, I mean, like with most of these kind of games, and I take spooky games into that regard, I like it better with a few more people. 
there's nothing wrong with three people for some games, but for games like Mysterium, Betrayal, soon to be called Dead of Winter, <laughs> uh, Zombie Side, all of these games are great when you have like four or five people. Yeah. Nice team. Yeah, I agree. Horrified. Even though I think Horrified's great with two. Yeah, Horrified, I feel like it's actually better with lower numbers. It gets way harder with more people. It gets way harder. <laughs> but also, I feel like there's a lot more. I'm just like sitting around and horrified. It's pretty quick. Compared to this one, I feel like I, even though I am the sitting around, fast. the turns here are, I think, faster than horrified. I think because in horrified, it takes the longest to figure out where you're putting the thing. Yeah, <laughs> you don't remember guess. where all the things are on the board. You have to find them. And you never, for whatever reason, I don't know why, I can never remember, like, where the graveyard is on that map. Like, well, I always have to be like, oh, where is it again? I look at, like, every single one, and then I find it. every time it. you put more tokens on there, even if you just put it on there, it just covers up the name. Yeah, and then like, they oh, move, man, and they start the... spreading out, and you never remember where it was. Like, or at least oh, I never do. Where's the monastery? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that game, I feel like, it does get harder with more people, but I actually kind of like it with less people. With this game, though, you're also invested because everyone's turn can matter for the whole game. Yeah, it's not just like oh, it's your turn. You're doing your thing. It's oh, you drew an event. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I mean omens, events, even the tile you drew, everything is purposeful. And I like that. This game has been very well thought out, and it's a reason why it's stuck around for, you know. Yeah, not many games I feel like stick around, years. and I mean especially stay in the sevens on Board Game Geek, like. Unfortunately, I graduated high school in 2004, and that was a long time ago. <laughs> like, there's nothing I was doing in 2004 that I'm still doing now. <laughs> you know, I was in, I was in high school as well. I don't remember this game. I actually didn't see it for many years. Yeah, I don't know when we. The art is completely different for the first edition. Yeah, I mean, it's the same. Like, it's still the you know the exact same secret passage token and stuff so the game hasn't gotten better like we said it just looks better i don't remember when the first time i played it i it definitely it wasn't 2004 no but it was probably I was, five I was or definitely six. in college i think i played the first edition i definitely played the second edition and i now have the third edition but and i have the second which I bet if we combine the second and third edition, we'd have a really clean looking set. Oh, because your meeples are yep. better. Yeah. <laughs> are, the, are the people the same? I don't remember their names enough to remember, like, if. I mean, you're talking that they're, I mean, how many, how many do we have here? Four, five, six. You're talking 12 people. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. And we just played two other games before talking about this game. There's no way I'm going to remember yeah, Even during names. playing, I don't remember the people's names, the person I am. So, like, I definitely, like, I kind of remember, like, their faces and stuff, like, at it. And I remember some of the random facts. Like, I remember that this Dan is a blood type of A negative. I don't know why I remember that, but I totally did. And I remember the football players into poetry. I will always remember that. I remember this one. This kid is a, a arcade whiz. Yeah. <laughs> However, his knowledge is low. Which is surprising. His high score is 2,433,000. Does it say in what game? Uh, nope. That's a bummer. But his hobby is magic tricks and video games, but he's an idiot. <laughs> huh. Well, the football and his player. his speed is fast. <laughs> a nerdy, I guess a nerdy dumb kid who's fast. 
Meanwhile, the uh, this kid who likes mysteries and readings, who hasn't solved a case, is a lot smarter. Yeah, the football player is not super smart. Yeah, uh, I mean, two point five GPA. He's into poetry and football. He is twenty five years old, so he's probably thinking about that last touchdown pass that he didn't make and how he could have made it to the show. <laughs> but I mean, they're all pretty. But then it's cool because like the other guy, the other side of the football player, I have his mile time, who is super fast, a four point five. Wow. <laughs> That sub five minute mile runner. Uh, I think that's world record breaking. No, not at all. Really? No. For a mile? Yeah. Like in the threes. It's still fast. It's still fast, but it's not world record breaking. So normally I would go through and ask you about like your strategy, but I don't. This game has a lot of variables, it's very random. I don't know if there is a strategy. Do you have one? I feel like I will try to... I guess I try to stay away from everyone. Really? I think so. Okay. Like, if everyone starts going, like, towards the upstairs, or I, like, will try to get into the basement, or, like, just because I don't... Not that I can control who's going to be the traitor, but, like, most likely someone is gonna not going to be... for on my team or maybe I'm not going to be on their team so like I try to like just kind of leave space I try to explore I don't like to I like to have options on the board so even though like if I, if I can I'm going to explore a new room I'm on my turn yeah uh, I don't like just to move just to you know get into a different room or something I will try to explore even though you know it could cause the haunt because like really the fun start when the haunt is started the whole beginning part you know is just kind of build up and then the haunt and then you like that's when the end game triggers it's a I mean it's a risk reward game yeah oh yeah and that in my opinion the game is the cards so I just explore yeah I I'm, I'm you stay by other people then you were surprised the, when I said I I just don't remember a game where any, where anyone was like I'm just gonna go to the basement right yeah and i don't think i've ever been myself but like if there's an i definitely go to the lower number option okay. if i can because i feel like i find just i don't know i want to find things and i want to explore and when there's like three people down there like you have that fast kid you might like even though we're on the same room like you might get yeah take to it. a spot that you explore and i can't i can't get anywhere because <laughs> my speed's only two or whatever and so, like, I like to just kind of be by myself so I can continue to explore. But after that, I mean... I love that the end game is different on every haunt. That's, like, I like that, too. Yeah, there's no there's no goal yeah, until the haunt is revealed. Yeah, because we don't know what we're doing. Are we trying to escape? Are we trying to get to a certain room? Are we trying to collect a certain item? Exactly. You might need to find food or something. Yeah, and so, like, in that way, like, you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to stay, like within one turn of the entrance hall so I can run out the front door. Because, like, I might never need the front door again ever. You have to get to the attic. Yeah. And so it's like you have to kind of stick around and just kind of move around and do whatever you want until that haunt. But yeah, it's a good balance of, you know, just random moving and collecting things, hoping the haunt doesn't start until you feel like you have a few things and then when the haunt starts that's when the the fun starts certain uh oh that's right certain Some events have, have like rounds. timers yeah 
I was gonna say I don't because there's no timer in this game. There's no rounds. Though, uh, so yeah, there's no rounds unless the haunt tells you that there's exactly. a round. Yeah, I forgot. I think that in ours, it was just get out. Yeah, any number of turns, it didn't matter. But there are some that say you have to be do this in so many turns. Did you have to kill us in so many turns? I wonder. Nope, I just had to kill you. Hmm. Killing is kind of cool too. So you have your. Is it any of them? It is any of. It's any of the four traits you can die from. So you can die from yeah, might, they, speed, they the skull, knowledge, or sanity down to the skull. You can't die before the haunt. You can't die before the haunt. But once the haunt starts, if you die, it is kind of unfortunate because you are out of the game, which I have never super loved player elimination games, especially when a game like this is better with five or six people. I don't want to eliminate people because then like, I don't, I don't know. I don't I don't love player elimination games in general. Some do it well, like Clem Clank. Clank does it really well where you become the bad guy and you now that you've, quote, lost... You're trying to make other people lose too, which yeah. I think is funny. In general, I don't love it though. Like I, yeah. I feel like I want everyone to play until the end. It's not as fun. Ex unless you just like a, if it's a two or three person game, like sure, like someone gets it's how you end the game when everyone dies or whatever. But in this one, like that player's dead. That's it. That you just flip the little stand in, little fake meeple guy over. You leave him in the room. All of his stuff stays there. And everyone else can just loot their body <laughs> can loot their body can come and on their turn take one item from them but not always because for instance we'll keep talking about this scenario oh did your scenario have something about dead bodies uh when a zombie kills a hero i remove the corpse from the house and bury all their items oh okay and omens nice. so it's like I'll always read yeah and it's they're different. all so different and i don't think like no one's ever gonna know all 50 of them and if you oh, do, <laughs> you should play another game because there's so many other games out there. And if you definitely want, you know, more than 50, you get the Widow's Walk and you get 50 more haunts. But yeah, speaking of the expansion, I like that the expansion is first off, it's priced cheap. It's like 20 bucks. Yeah. You get an entire new floor for your house. Yeah. The roof. Yep. Uh, it's 20 more tiles, which is a lot of tiles. And then you get 50 more haunts. That I'm surprised it doesn't crazy. add any more players. Because with 20 more tiles, I feel like you could... Six players? There's a lot already. I think you could get to six. You could, I think you get to seven or eight if you start adding more tiles. Because again, like we've talked about, like that six, it's not too hard to find a game playable for six players. But it gets difficult when you start find, trying to find a game that's more than seven players. It also looks like new monsters, items, omens, events. I'll say, I'm assuming it comes with items and everything also. Yeah. And you just shuffle them all in and do all of them together kind of stuff. But at, yeah, at super cheap. At first, we were talking about this before we started. And at first, I, I had a negative opinion of the expansion because I was like, it seems like it's adding a lot. Yeah, I, I didn't agree with you there. So, But like, after listening to you and we talked about it, the, the expansion came out for. 14, 12 years after the game came out. So that would have been probably when 2nd Edition came out. Pretty close to when 2nd Edition probably came out. At that point, you've probably played the game a couple times. This would be really refreshing. I hate expansions that come out like with the game. 
or like a month after and you're like oh, man i haven't even opened the box yet <laughs> yeah well there's i mean i sent you one that was kickstarter just the other day it was no the one the one the yeah, wonderland wonderland war we just it came out literally this year we both bought it and wonderland then there's an ex, now there's a kickstarter for an expansion i don't even know what it is because i didn't look at it enough and i was like no nah, i haven't even opened yet. mine yet i'm not gonna get an expansion for a game i haven't played but yeah that was one of those ones that you know the expansion came out so quick within a year that's too quick yeah unless it's like sheriff nottingham or something and it fixes something because like really sheriff nottingham needed that expansion because people stop playing it. But it's one of those things where if you haven't, and like we said before, if you haven't played the game, don't invest in expansion. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. I'm not definitely not arguing that. <laughs> so I haven't played it yet. I'm not going to invest. But in this case, this is one of those games where... And being that it's on Kickstarter made me think that's not a fixing one. Because, like, they're not going to ask for money. It's like new art, too. But to like, the art fix the... Pretty fix a game that's brand new i feel like it must be a whole new they must have thought of something afterwards or yeah. adding characters or something like that but talking I, about betrayal though how often do you play it? i would say i probably play this four times a year four or five times a year it's more Maybe. often than more often than me i'm usually about one yeah which keeps the game really fresh. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I definitely play it this time of year, which is obviously why we're talking about it. And, you know, it's Halloween season. But I feel like I play it a few times I was gonna, other than that. I was going to ask you, do you play this game specifically around the holiday season uh, or do you play anytime? I feel like I play it anytime. I feel like I don't play it after the holiday season, if that makes sense. Like, Well, not like christmas i don't feel like i don't play it during you know christmas and i don't play it like november during thanksgiving time but like i usually i'll play it like in the spring or like not that it's leading up to halloween by any means but it's it's an interesting it's like one of those game. you don't wear white after labor day kind of thing like <laughs> i don't play this after christmas or after <laughs> i don't play this after halloween not until not until christmas is over yeah it's an interesting game where yes it's it's a terror spooky horror theme but you don't have to wait and play it just around because it's like a a haunting, like a murder mystery. Yeah, it's very murder adventure kind of game. So it's you don't have to wait for Halloween. And that's what I like about it. And yes, we're doing it during Halloween because it does fit the theming of the season. But it's a it's a game that if you have a good solid group, you could play this game like once a month. You wouldn't get bored for years. Yeah, I mean, I feel it's like Mysterium. I love and Mysterium. Mysterium is a you know a haunted like a ghost is trying to explain you know their oh, murderers, yeah. but I don't feel like I have to play that during no Halloween by any means. I play that more than I play this, but I do too, but only because uh, I did buy all the expansions for that just for the variety, and only because of the way the mechanic of that game works with like the the vision cards. It did matter more, yeah. Because uh, I did feel you did, you go through so many vision cards in that game, you would sometimes see duplicates, and it did bother me. But in this game, the haunt, because it's only one haunt per investigation, you I mean, you're never going to see the same one twice. <laughs> no. That'd be crazy. And if you do, we'll get the expansion. 
I've been looking this whole time since we talked about Widow's Walk and the year it came out yeah. for when the second edition came out. I've not been able to find it. Well, Widow's Walk came out in 2016. 16. I found that. I found the first one, 2004, and the newest one, 2022. When did second edition come out? Doesn't even show up on Board Game Geek. Doesn't show up any. I can find it on Amazon. Like I it, own it. You own it, <laughs> but like I doubt the year that you bought it is on the co- on the cover of it. <laughs> it might, might have the uh, the print date. But like I feel like it probably was close to the expansion because like if you think about like what I would do, is you make a new version of it. It says here, uh, the second edition was released on October fifth, twenty ten, on the Wikipedia. So six years before yeah. the Widow Walk. That's a lot sooner than I thought. It got, it probably got a resurgence when the second edition came out. That's probably like a that's kind of what start. I was thinking. Like, oh, like the they don't have a whole lot of games that they make. No, they only make two. Hero Quest, which is its own huge game. Yeah, Hero Quest is a big game. They, so they don't make a whole lot. So like, I feel like they were probably like, oh, like let's reprint this one. Like it's been oh, it's been a long time. Yeah, six years. Everything has gotten way more, you know, you can make things look better. The pieces feel better. Everything, a lot of things change in board games in that, in that long. And then they're like, oh, at the same time, let's make an expansion. But like six years apart, that's a, that's a big difference. And it was the same thing. They didn't change any, it didn't look like they changed any rulings. But I know specifically with the version I have, it looks differently. Like aesthetically, the art, the material, I mean, you can't even get the second anymore. It's going to be the third everywhere. I'm assuming they're probably sold out by now. Yeah, it looks like you can't buy the first or the second unless you're buying it third party. It's definitely out of print, but. So they also made a legacy version of this, which I did not know. Uh, in 2017, so a little bit after the expansion, there's a legacy version, What's which that? is like a story mode. Depending on how they have like pandemic legacy. I have not actually played any legacy game. I don't want to. But there's a handful out there, but apparently they have one. But in 2020, they also made one, which I kind of in the, I'm kind of into this portrayal on Mystery Mansion is what it's called. It's the same game, but you literally play as Scooby Doo characters. That's <laughs> hilarious. So you have Fred and Velma and everyone. Oh my gosh, is it like the, is the characters in the game like is it it's actually Scooby Doo? It says a Scooby Doo themed version of the game, so I think like I I would assume it's licensed. Oh, I found it. Oh my gosh, look at that art! It's so funny. It's so. How good. does the traitor work? <laughs> it was Daphne the whole time. Yeah, maybe. Oh, that's hilarious! Wow, wow, it's rated really high too. Interesting, they went with the clear acrylic pegs instead of uh, figurines, by the way. Yeah, they just can't quite figure out what they want to do with the it's different every game, even the uh, expansion. Monsters, Tome, Survivor's Secrets. Get Scooby, oh. You get Scooby Snacks. Notice it doesn't say Trader's Tome. It says oh, it's Monsters Monster. Tome. So I, I wonder if there's not the traitor aspect. I bet you there's not a traitor. I bet a monster happens, and then the and you're trying to figure out the monster, and that's how you solve the mystery. I might be way more into that. However, it looks like the character boards have the stupid arrows that look like they destroy the whole character board. Well, how old is this? Twenty twenty. 
This is before the redesign. Yeah. So it's got the. I've never seen this anywhere. For the record, I've seen portrayals. I've seen uh, one, two, Baldur's and three, Gate. and Baldur Gate. I was going to bring that one up next. Um, I've oh seen those gosh. everywhere. Have you seen the art on the tiles? Yeah, they're it's amazing. all from the show. But but yeah, you have clues and events and items. So yeah, there's no omens. There's clues. Well, you gotta. It's probably on theme, and they yeah. probably can't go too graphical being that it's scooby-doo it's probably tailored towards and there's only inside and outside rooms there's no basement or attic it's bad i kind of want it i think it looks amazing (laughs) (laughs) well someone uh, wants to buy it for us out there you can send it to us i don't know if you can you get it it's on amazon like for a reasonable price 30 bucks that seems reasonable same price as betrayal because uh, betrayal season. Uh, ep- I keep saying season episode. Yeah, edition, not, third edition. Ad- the second edition is like ninety plus dollars on Amazon, like new, because oh. third party people are selling. It. Yeah, because it's not in print. Yeah, but like the third edition, brand new, is still thirty bucks. Is it only thirty bucks? Thirty, thirty-five. I thought it was like six fifty or sixty. Oh, no. yeah. There's some for there's some for thirty-five. It looks like through Amazon and through Target. I, it's so, about yeah. average. Okay, I thought it was a little bit more than that, but. I'm about to sell my second edition for 90 bucks. Well, it has to be sealed to get those kind of prices. Oh. And then I don't know if it's selling either. <laughs> Got to sell it yeah, for that it actually, uh, so art. On Amazon, where I usually go to find prices for like MSRP and stuff, just because they, it's usually pretty clear to find them there. It says it's 55 MSRP. It's on. It's 36% off to make it $35. Yeah, but that's like they do that all the time. Yeah. To make it seem like it's a sale. I feel like I, I think it was at least forty when I got it. It could be. I could yeah. be misremember- misremembering. So I think I got the second edition for like thirty bucks. It's kind of funny because I, I I used to play this game, but then ever since Mysterium and us reviewing it, and I actually got into it because I never really played Mysterium before that. I've seen it. I am addicted now with my friends. Yeah. Mysterium is probably the best random game I ever bought. I bought it solely because I was on my way to, and I know I said it during episode one, I was on my way to an event, to a friend's house. There was seven of us who wanted to play a game. Yep. And I stopped at a store in town. There was, that game was there. It could play to seven people. And I was like, let's get it. I don't know what it is. It had decent ratings online. It's so fun. And it was so good. And even the, and it took a long time because like we had no idea how to play it. And I generally don't like bringing a game to a, an event hey, that I know. have never even opened. I like to at least have a rough idea how to do it. Um, hence having a podcast about these. And I had to show you this shirt I need to buy. I don't think I've showed you yet. I found it on Amazon and it is like it has a sun like a sunset looking thing with like different colors in it. And it has meeples in it. And it says, I read the rule book so you don't have to. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. And it's amazing. And they have a whole bunch of color options and everything. They're will so they, will sweet. they change it to say where is the rule book? It's such a good shirt. I saw that. I was like, I need to have that. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I bought it just because it fit the number of people I were going to. And the same with this. Like, I feel like you could get to having a seven or eight player. Like, I think some things have to change, probably. Like, maybe if you play the, you know, with seven or eight people, it's you have to roll six or seven on the haunt die. So you have a few more turns to explore. I think it's doable. I think that'd be the biggest thing I would like to see is just to play with a few more people. 
I don't know. I, I think that this game is already pretty great as it is. And the expansion does exactly what I would have done, which is just add more options. Items, events, omens. It, it is weird that it doesn't add another player or two. Yeah, I would like another as player As an optional. Two. Yeah. But I get it because if they did, they'd have to change a lot of the original rules to add for more players. So I get why they did it. Yeah, I feel like it'd be pretty easy. I mean, like Catan did it. It's like when you play with five or six people as a special building phase. Like, But this, but there's so many traders that I was reading through this that depends on number of players, different actions. Yeah, I feel like they could just make a blanket, like always add two. They should have just re-released the game with more options. <laughs> <laughs> when they do the fourth edition. Yeah, when they do the fourth eventually. Add another eight. Eight more people. No, <laughs> not that many. I don't have that many update. friends. It's fine. So, what do you think? Where would you where do you put this game? We both own it, so we've, we I mean we've already said that, but I we both own games that we have obviously said that we wish we didn't own. That's a lot of them, though. We were both. This was not on either of our lists, but I don't think you knew I had it, or if you well, did, you I didn't knew make, I had the second edition. I didn't make your list of games that you regret buying, so. I don't regret buying it. Yeah, I'm saying it's not, is, it wasn't on either one of our lists. This is a game I'm happy to own, and I'm happy to to borrow, to play. I think it's a great game. And unfortunately, though, because of the length and the timing and the amount of players I'd like to play it with, it's not a game I'll bust out you know, every week or every month for our board game night. It so, takes at least an hour. At least. It says an hour recommendation. I think I was surprised it said an hour. I thought it'd be I, like 90. I, I'm convinced that's for like the third the three player game. Um I would say leave it in my closet or leave it in the basement. So it's, it's in my it's in my closet literally right now at my house. And I will be busting I'll I'll probably bust it out when I go to a big group event here in a month. But other than that, I, I mean, I haven't taken it out in a year. Yeah. So. Yeah, I feel like I'm just a I'm just a step higher. I think it's a must own. Okay. I don't think it matters what edition. I don't. And I definitely wouldn't say if you have one of the other editions that you should buy the new edition. No, there's no reason to. I feel like if you don't have any of them, you should probably have one of them. I don't think it's crazy that you know two people in the same board game group would have the game at home. Obviously, you don't need them both. But I think it's the must own. I think it should be on your shelf. It's definitely not a gateway game. I, it, it, this is a intermediate, I would say, as far as like the board game levels go. It has it has enough going on to where I wouldn't introduce like a new group to it unless you know how to play it. Definitely learn it, uh, teach it, maybe be the trader for them first. But overall. It's it's been around forever for a reason. It's a really good game. Yeah, it's solid, and there's not many faults I can find. Yeah, I agree, and yeah, I don't think I have you know much else to say about it. No, I think it's great. Yeah, I and I feel like if the expansion would have added another player, I probably would pull the trigger on it sooner. Yeah, because I don't like. Yeah, I've seen the same rooms twice when I played this game, but like I haven't seen, and the haunt is where the game changes, and I haven't seen similar haunts enough to be like, oh, I need to have fifty more. Even if it added different characters, I mean that's something, but it doesn't. Yeah, but yeah, I think I it the I think the 
the expansion would be a an instant pull the trigger if it had you know playable to eight players but for me yeah I'm, I'm with you i don't think i've used the haunt book enough to be like oh i've seen this haunt before that person has to get the skeletons out of this room to do this thing and then do that and that like i don't I mean, it's not. You like, play this every day, sure. But yeah. So, like we said, if you play this every day, there's so many other games that we've covered that we're going to cover. You should probably play something else. <laughs> now that this is bad, just play something else. <laughs> well, that's it for Betrayal at House on the Hill. Look forward to our next spooky podcast. We're going to go a little bit more zombie esque with games like Dead of Winter and Zombie Side. It's going to be a double hit. And. Come join us. And don't forget to also come join us on October 20th at Lantern Games. In Traverse City, Michigan, we'll be hosting a game day. We'll be playing all kinds of spooky games, including both of the yeah. Dead of Winter, Zombie Dead of Winter, Side, Zombie Side Betrayal, Betrayal be there. Will be there. Uh, Hunger, Nemesis. Nemesis. Uh, whatever you want to do. Horrified. Yep, horrified. We'll be set up and ready to go. We're going to have a bunch of tables, and it's going to be free. Yep. And just come and hang out and play games. That's tomorrow, technically. When It is tomorrow. So we are obviously not recording this the day that we release it, if you That's haven't figured that out yet. But we're not very far in advance either. <laughs> but yes, it would be tomorrow. will be Thursday. will be the 20th. So You can find our page on Instagram at Instagram.com slash where is the rulebook. Or email us at where is the rulebook at gmail.com. And don't forget to like or subscribe on however you're listening to us today. Give us any sort of ranking, any words in there, help us. And tell us if we should buy the Scooby-Doo version of this game. Or tell us what you had for lunch or dinner. I don't care. Joe doesn't care. We're going to look at them. We're going to laugh. But if you put something in there, it helps us in the rankings so other people find us. Uh, and like I mentioned a little bit ago, uh, this episode and all of season two will be sponsored by Lantern Games, a local game store in Traverse City, Michigan. They do have an amazing website. They do ship uh, for Lantern.Games is their website, which is super cool. It's not a .com. I think it's really cool. It's a .games. Also from their website or if you go into the store, if you use the discount code RULEBOOK, you will receive 10% off, and that includes online purchases or, like I said, in-store purchases. So you can check out their website. You can uh, get a game sent to you or some magic cards or whatever else you might be looking for. And you get to save 10% by using the discount code RULEBOOK. Uh, but I think all these games that we've talked about, all the games that we're going to talk about, are owned by either Joe or myself or, in many cases, both of us. Uh, so they're not sponsored game reviews or anything. And last but not least, huge shout out to John Ransom for making our theme song. And if you liked our theme song as much as we both do, check out Jack Pine uh, for more music with John is slapping bass for them. Um, and check out their newest album, Embers, on Spotify streaming today. Thanks for playing. <laughs>